Pastor Steve here, part three, how to change. We've been talking about adding the good, remember? Don't worry about so much about resisting the bad, overcoming and being perfected by God, like a perfect love, a love that, that loves the way it's supposed to love. That's all he means is, you know, love must be perfect. Um, is about adding the good. Do you notice whenever Jesus talks about growth and change, he just about every time uses botanical illustrations, right? About plants and trees. Uh, for example, in Matthew 12, uh, he says, make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. You know, you're recognized by your fruit, but the whole thing is, oh, oh, I'm recognized by, you got bad fruit, try hard not to have any more bad fruit in my life. No, the tree has to be made good. Now, you could take that, I think that's in twofold. One, you know, again, as Jesus told Nicodemus, a very religiously conformed, respected, probably not hypocritical too, it didn't seem like, who later became a secret follower of Jesus, you know, came to him at night and then um, helped get his body down from the cross and bury him uh, as a dignified old man. But he said to Nicodemus, you got to be born again. So we need this new life in us, right? Which starts with this regeneration. And I think we talked about that in the first time about how to change. So go back and listen to that, right? It's like in view of the mercies of God, God reaching out and justifying you and you've been born again. Um, so I think Jesus uses it in that, you know, you got to be made good. You've got to, you got to be given as, as was prophesied in the old Testament, you know, I'm going to write their, write the law on their hearts, not on tablets of clay that people just can't seem to obey long-term or so inconsistent, um, or their, their good works are imperfect. So they're, they can't even be called good in the purest sense of good. That's why Jesus said, call no one good except God. Because it's a perfect standard. Is it this sliding standard that we have about ourselves? Oh, I'm a good person. No, you're not. There's so much stuff you leave undone every day. And, and your little bit of nasty thoughts, which are the hardest to control, aren't good either. So don't call yourself good. There's no one good but God. You do not measure up, neither do I, to the standard of goodness. And you'll recognize that if you're becoming healthy. You know, healthy people realize more and more the bad in them people who are becoming more and more unhealthy, even the sense that they're so now into some religious conformity, they, they see the bad worse. They see the bad in themselves less and less, and they're so convinced that somehow they're just this wonderful person. So apart from that, you've got to be born again. And then I think Jesus says, you know, sometimes the tree isn't getting the nutrients that it should be, and it can't produce the fruit it should. Doesn't Jesus say this with another botanical illustration too, that I am the vine and you are the branches? If a person remains in me, a man or a woman, a boy or a girl remains in me, they will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can't do anything. What's he saying? I am the life source. So you better abide. What does abide mean? It means cling to. It means fellowship. It means look to. It means uh, adore. It means to see. It means to stay with. It means to rely on. It is dependence. It's every day you wake up and it's dependence. It goes really back to I offer myself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. This is my reasonable act of worship. I cling to. I'm so dependent. I just, I offer myself because there's nowhere else to offer myself. 
where good will come of it. So abide in me and I'll abide in you and then you'll bear much fruit. And this is falls right in line with what we've been saying, right? It's all about, you know, an orange on an orange tree doesn't try hard to be an orange. It just abides. It just clings to it. Just hang in there with Jesus for another day, for another month, especially if, if one of your sins is unbelief and doubting. And it eventually becomes an orange. It doesn't try hard to become an orange. It just abides in the vine. It stays, you know, but there is a dependence and I think it's conscious, right? Um, and that, that of course, falls right in line with what we'll be talking about, how you change. Um, I was listening to somebody the other day, and this is so true. You know, the great thing about discovering your weakness or maybe blowing it, maybe some of you girls out there have really blown it. You've blown it with boys because your identity is still wrapped up in being pursued or or sought, which is fine. I mean, it's, it's absolutely normal, right? I, I understand that, um, you know, Jesus, of course, wants to be your bridegroom, but he's also made you to have real relationships. But sometimes out of this comes weakness, especially if there's a lot of things that we haven't been given in life, right, um, that that have been taken from us. So, you know, I'm compassionate on that, and God's even more compassionate on that. But that's a good part of weakness. Here's the good part of weakness is, um, that's why Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who have absolute poverty of the spirit, whereas I can't, and I'm not, I'm not that person. And I don't even want to is you'll be blessed because of that. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Theirs is the, the reign of Christ on earth. It's the first step to stepping into the reign of Christ in your life and to following Jesus and, and, and receiving the good things from Jesus is I have to be brought low, right? There's always, you know, Who's given grace is the humble find grace, James says, right? God opposes the proud, but the humble, man, lots of undeserved things come. So, you know, you humble yourself, right? That's a good thing that comes out of weakness. And then you'll go to get help. And that's, that's why, that's the good that comes out of it, right? You'll go to get help. You'll maybe begin a new spiritual weakness in your spiritual discipline, a spiritual weakness. I'm looking for spiritual weaknesses. I'm looking for spiritual disciplines. So you may get help from someone that God suddenly puts in your path or a church that God puts in your path, right? Or a book that God puts in your path that could trans... I've seen that happen so often, right? It's just that right book in my hands. And wow, now I think I've got... I think I can take the next steps towards growth, right? So willpower doesn't work. I think you've all known that. Oh, I'm going to willpower. That's what we're saying about, you know, trying hard not to be good. Willpower doesn't, doesn't really, it doesn't work when you're trying to overcome temptation or depression or addiction or codependency or sin. In fact, you know, someone wrote a, I don't know if it was a book, but I've heard some other sermons, haven't listened to them, but I've heard people do them. They jump off that, which is this saying, I'm not sure who said it, but it's basically like habits eat willpower for lunch every day. I mean, willpower, in fact, you know, studies on willpower is willpower doesn't really work, especially long-term. You may, you may have a little bit of victory at first, but willpower quickly wanes. So it can, it can help to start something, but it wanes quickly. This is just psychological research, right? 
on willpower. That's why, you know, you'll be gonna good hat you'll be gonna oh, try real hard, but it doesn't work. So you've got to lay out habits, which is adding good things, and then you need prompts for the good things, right? That's what a habit is. Like, oh I see that and I'm gonna get in the habit of doing it. So I lay my shoes out so I will go to the gym or I get a friend who will help me with my habit. And then once I get in the habit of doing something, that's why, you know, Jesus said, you know, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who's in who, who who sees what you're doing in secret. So it's like get into a habit, which means find a place, which is a room, and you close the door, and then you pray. So, you know, along with having a place, you need a place and a time. So there's a habit. Um, but that's what we find, you know, there are certain things that you can do and there are certain things you can't do. You know, if you're, if you've got addiction or, or temptation constantly in your life or some type of codependency or you're, you don't have great boundaries in life uh, for yourself or for other people, uh, you know, the first thing that you got to do is you've got to change, you've got to have these new desires. Um, so when temptation comes along, you've got now these, you're able to resist because you've got new desires, Okay. Uh, and a desire is simply the ability to do something. Um, you know, a self-control is is a desire. Uh, and self-control, as we as I'm going to draw this into this, self-control is actually a fruit. It's not a project. The Bible says that, you know, if you walk with the Spirit, if you'll get into a habit, and habits take time to form, right? So it's you know, every day I'm getting up and I'm meeting with God or I'm, talking to the Holy Spirit, God, the God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the son, God, the father in the Holy, in, in, in the shower or whatever. So, you know, I'm trying to get this new pattern into my life, this new habit. And he says that the fruit of walking with the spirit is love will come more and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. So self-control is, it's a fruit. It's not a project. And like I said, like we started with, you can't will an orange in your life, right? But you get the right nutrients to the tree, and then you'll see that grow naturally. So you need the right nutrients in your life. And if you're not getting the right nutrients, go get the right nutrients. So that's what I'm saying. You you add these good things into your life, like books and people and church and podcasts and prayer and a brokenness in spirit every day that says I'm not and you are and I don't want to but you want to and I don't even have the desires that I want to stop these things but I'm open to be made willing by you God you know are you are you willing to be made willing was an old <laughs> thing I used to hear not really willing to do that but maybe I'm willing to be made willing maybe I can get there um and that's why last week I said don't worry about don't even worry about the bad just worry about getting some good nutrients to the tree. You know, Jesus talks about this in Luke 13. He says, tells a story about a, a, a vineyard, a, sorry, a, a orchard owner who comes and sees a fig tree or a tree and it hasn't borne any fruit. I think it was a fig. Look at Luke chapter 13. And he says, cut it down. Three years have been coming and no fruit from this tree. That could be you, right? No fruit in your life for the last three years. People would say, you're not, who is this person, right? Maybe you've just been disappointed with the fruit outcome in your life for the last three years. And of course, those who are harsh would say, you know, cut it down. You're, you're just, what a waste, waste of a life, waste of soil. Um, and what is the, the, the gardener says, listen, let's not be rash. Let me dig around the tree and add fertilizer. And then let's give it a year 
of growing. And then let's make a decision. And then you can cut it down after that, which was in that ancient day. It was kind of a, a play on where they always did that. They always kind of still deferred. Um, and you'll see this when they negotiated in the Old Testament and the new for property. Well, you know, it's, it's 20... It's 20 shekels of silver, but what is that between you and me? Just take it. Well, that was the way to say, that was kind of the cultural way to to say, hey, it's 20 bucks, give me 20 bucks and I'll sell it to you. It was more like, ah, you know what's 20 shekels of silver between the two of us, just take it. They weren't really saying just take it, but they were. there was always a deferment. And that's what, that's what I think Jesus illustrates here in this cultural story to the culture of the day. It's like, He's still going to defer, you know, give it a year of growth. Then you can cut it down. He's not really saying cut it down. He's saying you wait till the right nutrients get to the tree. What's the nutrients? Aerate it and get some fertilizer on that. Um, And that's how a tree grows, right? You give it light, you give it water, you give it air, right? Roots need air. That's why you're careful not to pack down earth around a tree, a horticulturist will say, or a botanist. One of, I think, I don't know if they're one and the same. Um, And then, Fertilizer really helps. I mean, you know, miracle grow, whatever it is, manure. Um, and so it's really cool, right, that Jesus would tell a story like that. Because he realizes, you know, be careful not to judge and write people off. Maybe they've, they're just not getting any nutrients. Now, I'm going to say as a Christian, you know, it's up to you to do your part. As I said last week, God has added a lot of good into your life right? With his death and resurrection, his constant nearness to you, his unconditional acceptance of you, his removing any type of wrath or condemnation that you can't fall back into. But you on your part need to do your part, right? This is why Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work within you both to will and to do. So God is at work within you. He's going to do his part. He's always adding the good to you puts people in your path. He hopes you'll latch on to the right people. Puts churches. He puts, there's all kinds of things probably that he's prompting you to do, right? He's going to do his part. You do your part. You work it out um, very carefully, right? Realizing, ah, been given such a great gift, right? Uh, in view of God's mercies. So you do your part. Add the good. Um, add the nutrients and and that's that's the patience of God, right? He's never going to cut you down, but he's just waiting, right, to get the nutrients in you. And then the tree will grow. And again, we see that um, we see that all over the Bible. Okay, so that's part three, uh, and I hope that helps, and we'll see you next week.